Web3 with me is a discussion style podcast about the ins and outs of Web 3.0, hosted by Zach French, known as Off Edge in the verse. From crypto to NFTs, DAOs to DeFi, we cover the abstract philosophical promises and the new business models enabled in this new decentralized world. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform or watch the show on YouTube. Thanks and enjoy. Zach French is a bar certified attorney and nothing expressed by Zach during Web3 with me shall be considered legal advice. All the opinions expressed by Zach and his guests are solely their own opinions. All content in Web3 with me is for informational purposes only. Zach and his podcast guests may maintain positions in the securities discussed during Web3 with me. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for being listeners of Web3 with me. I want to take a few seconds to tell you about my exciting new B2B offering. It is the mission here to educate. I sincerely believe Web3 can make the world better for more people. Businesses shouldn't be left out, though, so I've launched The Web3 Coach. It's a bespoke education experience designed to help your team understand how Web3 affects your particular industry or company and identify opportunities unique to Web3. Whether you have a law or accounting firm with a growing number of clients participating in Web3 through crypto and NFTs, or you're a real estate syndicate looking for different ways to raise money, or teams just of fast-growing Web3 companies who want to understand your customers and your new teammates, I make sure you can talk the talk and leave feeling more confident about this crazy new world. Please take a minute to check out my website at theweb3coach.xyz. Thanks so much and enjoy the show. My guest today is Chris Harper. We met purely by happenstance at NFT NYC, but immediately hit it off. After this show, you'll know why. Chris is a general contractor by day to fund his passion for NFTs. He has an amazing show called The Ledge, where he interviews NFT artist James Lipton style. Super personal. He has big ambitions to create a Wikipedia database of profiles on all NFT artists. This one was one of the most true episodes to my slogan. We vibed hard in the verse about our eerily similar personalities and journey into Web3. LFG, baby. Let's start by then. Welcome to the show, Chris. Thank you for having me on, Zach. Yeah, we have an interesting uh, meetup story. Um, I always like to highlight that. Um, We were both at the Fuck Render Gallery in uh, Chelsea, New York. Not planned. I was meeting up with a friend of mine, Gavin Shapiro, uh, and we just started chatting, and now it's turned into this, and I, it's great. I remember I commented on your shirt. You were wearing a, a really cool shirt. Yeah, yeah, that was the Wolf Dog shirt. Wolf Dog. Your Wolf Dog shirt, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My son yeah. actually loves that. He has the Wolf Dog sticker on his bed. So it's like, it goes, doesn't, doesn't matter how old you are, everybody loves Wolf Dog. <laughs> My whole experience at NFT New York was just like that experience that you and I had. I just had so many cool connections with people that I, I'm still talking to today. It's really interesting, man, how that works. It is. And that's honestly a, a recurring theme, I think, throughout is... Um, taking the next step from kind of a passive relationship on discord or twitter and then you know maybe video is the first option but then irl is like a whole new world man there's energy that you get from that absolutely i I totally i totally agree with that i mean i've made a lot of really cool friends you included ben i'm I'm happy that we met in there yeah Yeah, for sure it's just nice to talk to people that are just as enthusiastic about the space (laughs) absolutely (laughs) 
Well, cool. I uh, traditionally start these interviews with the same opening question. So I want to hear a little bit about you. What's your founding story, Chris? <clears throat> well, uh, my name is Chris Harper. I live in Charleston, South Carolina, which is not too far from you. Uh, I'm, I'm actually formerly from Atlanta. I lived in Atlanta for uh, a, a lot of my adult life. Um, I am a general contractor. I um, do construction. I do primarily um, big residential remodels on like beach homes for, um, for, for people that have second or third homes down here on the beach. So that's my primary business. Um, I, um, I was kind of a, a crypto guy for the last three or four years. I was kind of into Bitcoin. I was kind of one of those Bitcoin maxis for a while. I, uh, I used to go to some of the Max Kaiser and Stacy Herbert, you know, rallies and things like that. <laughs> and you I the government. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I love all that stuff, man. I'm really like, you know, I'm really excited about crypto and like, you know, the potential for the, for the future for all of us and like decentralization and all of that. And uh, I, I, I'd never heard of NFTs. I didn't know what they were. I had never, uh, I, I didn't, I didn't, I really have never even heard of it. I didn't know what it was until the Beeple thing happened in March of 2021, where the, the big Christie sale for $65 million or whatever it was. <clears throat> and it was all over the news in Charleston, where I live, because Beeple lives here. <clears throat> and I'd never heard of them until then. So I, when I read about that, I just started kind of going down that rabbit hole <clears throat> and I, uh, and I actually kind of onboarded in, a, in the NFT space through nifty gateway. And, um, and then once I started going down that rabbit hole, it's just, just, you know, you know how it, you know, it happens. If you're on here listening, you're probably in the rabbit hole with us. So like, you get it, you know, right? <laughs> right? we're all in here kind of like, Oh, what the hell? <laughs> But it's just like peeling an onion, man. It just keeps, you know, layers and layers and layers. And, uh, you know, eventually you find yourself on some, you know, Web3 podcast talking about stuff. You have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. That is a lot of the, I don't know, I want to call it difficulty. I guess one of the hurdles to get through on this is like, who is your audience? And like, I've always kind of had this blended idea of like onboarding people along with like the legitimate use cases that I view, right? Like, you know, people sure. that are doing things besides that, but all the people that are doing things besides degenning, uh, which is, you know, code for collecting a lot of NFTs. Uh, spending all your that, money. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, yeah. Like yeah, I, yeah. those people all started there or they started in crypto. Um, right. it's, I want to unpack, uh, your, your Bitcoin maxi journey a little bit. So you, you started off, uh, in crypto Bitcoin. What, what was it that kind of, um, led you into Bitcoin? Was it just like, was there a certain person or a, a certain place that you went or something like that? Yeah. A friend of mine, and actually he passed away, uh, about a year ago, um, he, had an he had an accident in another country. Um, uh, my friend, Matt was bugging the he was just bugging the crap out of me about bitcoin for like this was like three or four years ago and he was telling me you know how he made all this money and trading bitcoin and you know he was converting bitcoin into gold bars and like you know burying them in the backyard like he was really really like he was one of those guys right wait 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 <laughs> like, quick, quick, quick aside to... quick aside did you go in his backyard after he passed no i'm just kidding <laughs> i thought about it <laughs> 
he he was just one of those guys that like didn't want the government into his business, you know, just really kind of like paranoid, like, you know, like a lot of the really Bitcoin people can be. Hardcore libertarian. Kind of Hardcore arrogant. libertarian type. You get it. You know. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, just stop talking to me about it. like I couldn't, you know, it was just like magical Internet money to me. You know, I just thought it was just BS. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I did know about Silk Road and I did know, you know, I knew about all that stuff. Like, you know, I dabbled in, uh, uh, you know, I dabbled, <laughs> I dabbled in like <laughs> the illegal substances for a while in the 90s. And, you know, the early Not 2000s. me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sober now. I've been sober for about 15 years. But uh, with prior to that, I was, you know, I knew about that stuff. Yeah, right? Okay, yeah, some fights. <laughs> so, so, you know, so I may have thought about like buying LSD on Silk Road at one point in my life. Maybe. You know, like it, it may have occurred to me. I don't know. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so I just thought it was just kind of a bunch of BS, you know, and then um, a couple of years later, uh, I was in, I was with some friends of mine that live in Vegas. And one of my friends was telling me about investing in, in crypto and showing me it was Coinbase was out and just showed me the app, which I just, I really had no idea about. I didn't know anything about it. And I started buying a little bit and, uh, you know, and my, you know, it was going up. So, you know, it was kind of, it, you know, when, when you're making money, it catches your attention. And you want to tell other people about it. <laughs> and you start talking to other people about it, which is what I love to do. You know, I love to run my mouth about stuff. I don't have any idea about what I'm talking about, but I love to talk about stuff. So I'm telling all my friends, oh, you should buy Bitcoin. And, you know, and I'm watching YouTube videos and I'm going on Twitter and I'm, you know, just uh, learning everything I can about it. And I'm putting money into it. And, uh, you know, it, it just evolved into, you know, I found those guys I mentioned, like Max, Max Kaiser and Stacy Herbert, the Bitcoin Maxis. I went to uh, I went to one of their uh, rallies out in Austin, Texas. It was really a lot of fun. They, you know, it's awesome, man. They like have big bags of orange pills and throw them into the audience. You know? <laughs> and all these guys that are Bitcoin Maxis come and speak, and you know, it's very interesting to to get that perspective. I'm not really a Bitcoin maxi. I do believe that, you know, there's a lot of potential in other things. I like Ethereum a lot. Uh, you know, I believe Solana is going to be big. You know, I mean, there's a lot of things out there that have a lot of potential, I think. So I'm not just a Bitcoin maxi, but I am a crypto enthusiast, I would say. Was was but, was NFTs kind of what led you to demaxi were you were you feeling like a maxi at any point well i i think i think that certainly has that certainly has helped i mean you know if you've taken most of your crypto and converted it into nfts you're in a special section of like crazy people you know <laughs> and i mean that's what i've done so uh <laughs> you know like i mean there's a very small group of us out there that have you know just taken that like that step I believe in NFTs. Like I believe, you know, that whatever we're doing right now will pay off. I think it's going to take some time, but I'm, um, you know, I'm very optimistic about the future for NFTs for sure. So when you got in, when you heard about the Beeple sale, it's led to you exploring Nifty Gateway. Were you onboarding as an individual or were you, did you have a group of people that you were interacting with or anything? No, I had no idea what I was doing. So I had no help. I had no direction. Um, and I literally, I just 
I just kind of jumped into it, um, which I know sounds a little bit crazy. I um, you got a high risk always, tolerance. I, I do. I do have a high risk tolerance, and I've always been into art. So the art aspect of NFTs really caught my attention. Like my whole life, I've been into. I'm not an artist, but I'm an art appreciator. And I'm an art collector. I have like, you know, art in my home. I, I, I'm into it, you know? And so, so that aspect of it, like the, the, the digital scarcity, the provenance of it, you know, of artworks and all of those things really just kind of appealed to me. And, um, and I started to see that, you know, that like the flex utility of NFTs and the digital collectible world just was like, like we're so freaking early right now. So I think like anything that's like anything that's worth anything right now in the future is going to be worth a lot, you know? So I, I do feel like it's all investment worthy, you know, but I, I also know that like it's a lot, a lot of it's a long-term, long-term hold, you know, it's not going to be in, next year, next month, you know, it's probably, we're looking five, 10, 15, 20 years down the road. Which ones are you keeping an eye on through the bear market? <clears throat> well, uh, I love, uh, I love all the POC stuff, you know? So, I mean, I'm kind of like scooping a little bit of that as we go along, uh, anything X copy, um, you know, I, I'm really into like the historical NFTs, which is a weird word to say because it's also new, but there's a whole like niche out there. Um, I don't know if you know what my curio cards are, but I'm really into my curio cards. So I'm slowly but surely like accumulating uh, those and trying to get up, you know, my end goal would be to have the whole collection, one of yeah. each. Yeah. <clears throat> um, you know, and I, I like following some of the like more popular artists. I love like uh, Ness, Ness, Ness graphics. Great work. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, there's just so many. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who were some you buying the, early on Nifty? I want to see how it compares. <laughs> so I, I regret some of my early purchases on Nifty, to be honest with you. I don't know if I really want to say like anything disparaging against any particular artists. That's totally but, fair. But there are some artists that Nifty promoted pretty heavily. They had several drops in the kind of earlier days of Nifty. And like, mo and some of it was not cheap. Like I have some things that I paid thousands of dollars for that are worth literally nothing. You know, mm -hmm. like the, you could look at the floor price of anything and it, it's the floor price is whatever the lowest listed prices out there, but it's not a liquidity the, premium. Included the, there's like no liquidity. There's yeah. no buyers. There's yeah. zero buyers. Right. Yeah. And so uh, it's just collectors being hopeful. <laughs> it's just collectors being hopeful. And I've got a pretty good bag of that kind of stuff. Um, you know, which kind of, you know, it took me a while. I, honest to God, I didn't buy anything off of open seats for probably I'm just saying it was like four or five months into it. I was just buying drops off Nifty Gateway for like the first four or five months. I didn't even look. I'm, at I'm laughing not at you. I'm laughing with you because it sounds exactly like my journey. <laughs> okay, good. I'm not the only. <laughs> I didn't even know what MetaMask was for the first couple of months. I didn't. I didn't use MetaMask. I didn't know how to use. I was buying everything on a credit card. You know, th this is 
these are the days before I was thinking about what everything cost in ETH, right? Now, now, now I see everything I before that car is like, you know, like, yeah, now everything I think of is only point one. That's cool. so think about how fast that onboarding is for us, Zach. I mean, like, right? I mean, six months later, we're like, you know, you know, I'm price, I'm trying to guess what the price of it, anything I see in the world in ETH now. I mean, I could put a quantify, quantify mine. I would say I, <laughs> I put, you know, a good 20, 30 K and initially, and then more than doubled that by towards the end of the year. Uh, I I'm, I'm right with you. I think that's probably exactly yeah. a right about what I spent before I started to realize like, this is kind of stupid, you know, like, yeah, there's gotta be some like market check here. Like, yeah, there's probably some stuff that'll hold for historical or artistic value. And right. there's certain collections like board apes that'll have like that exception, right. That proves the rule and become like the good to have the status symbol. Um, right. And they had, and it's, it, uh, you know, that, that those are all like, exceptions though and they are just i always tell people they're like so when you invest like what are you expecting i'm like everything but one or two things to go to zero everything's right? going to zero right yeah yeah <laughs> and, and i hope those one or two things earn me outsized returns at some point in the next five to ten years um uh but you know i gotta be realistic about it it doesn't mean i slept any easier at night hey you know? <laughs> listen i didn't stop buying stuff off nifty i'm very selective now about what i'm buying and, yeah. uh, you know, I have some criticism about I could criticize Nifty Gateways. I, listen, I like I really appreciate Nifty Gateway for what they have done. Like, yeah. I think like connecting artists to collectors and digital collectibles and digital art and the NFT space like Nifty Gateways is doing something really, really awesome. Yeah. I think there's also some room for improvement. <laughs> you know, like there's some things that they don't do that I wish they would do. Um Guys like you and me who've spent twenty, thirty, forty, fifty, hundred thousand dollars on their platform, has anyone ever reached out to you from Nifty Gateway and said, like, hey man, can we you know, like stuff like that really makes you stop and think yeah. like, what's yeah. going on? You know? Yeah. Like why don't they have um why don't they know that? And why is it somebody from there like reaching out to you and, and asking you, you know, or you know, helping you make selections or, you know, kind of directing you into things that are going to be of value to you. You know, that cast similar drop that just happened uh, on Sunday. Were you watching that? Did you pay mm -hmm. any attention to I that? Did no. Do you know who she is? Kath Samard? Uh, I've heard the name, but no, I, honestly, I, I'm just to give you a caveat here. Like since I left my job to do this web three thing full time, it, I never thought this would be the case. Let me preface it with that. But I spend 80% less time on Discord and 95% less time finding ways to buy and research NFTs. And it's not intentional. It's just how it's happened. You're focusing on your thing. Your trying, niche. Yeah. You're carving out your own niche into Web3 right now. And that's yeah. uh, that takes a lot of focus. But I'm envious of that, man. What you're doing is, is I'm, I'm very envious. I think, uh, you know, I have the same idea, you know, I have the same kind of idea for myself. Like I'm, I want to carve out my own little niche here. I feel like this is the future. There is, there is so much potential for earning a living and making an income and kind of freeing myself from this job that I've had for the last 15 years, which I'm, you know, chained to, you know, I'm, I'm 
where I work is where I live is where I work, you know, like I can't, I'm not free to just come and go as I want. You know, if I'm working in the, in the, in the web right, yeah. on the internet, like I can go anywhere and I'm, I'm a, I love traveling and I love like exploring the world. I love the freedom of, um, you know, just being able to put a laptop in a bag and go anywhere, you know? <clears throat> and so wow. that's kind of the freedom that I'm looking for. You know, yeah. my end goal is to be free, completely yeah. free. Right. Yeah. I guess with your, your industry, like you cannot do that. Right. No, like, I mean, like I'm stuck. Not, I mean, I, I'm yeah. here, you know, prior to, prior to COVID, I was trying to, st I have a lot of connection to, to Las Vegas. I have a lot of friends there. I used to kind of part-time live out there. And prior to COVID, I was literally trying to start a business like, like I'm doing in Charleston in Las Vegas. And I can uh -huh. just tell you that like splitting time just between those two places is incredibly difficult, you know, really? like in this industry. Yeah. Uh, okay. Now, if I was working in, in Web3 and I could just throw my laptop in a bag and work from anywhere, I could work from here. I could work from Vegas. I could work from L.A. I could work from New York. I could work from Bali. I could work from wherever I'm at, you know, <laughs> and that's kind of what I'm talking about. That's the freedom that I'm looking for. Yeah. I'm not getting any younger. <laughs> you know, the world <laughs> time and the world's not slowing down. You know, yeah. like it's it's like everything's moving so fast. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I don't know how much you want to share about your your new ventures or anything, but I'd love for you to share as much as you're comfortable with. I think it's amazing. We've talked about it offline. Yeah, I'm happy to talk about it. I, I'm, um, you know, my idea, my idea has been all for a long time in the last, and when I say for a long time, I mean the last year. <clears throat> and I was never thinking podcasts. So let's just get that straight. Like I never had podcasts wasn't on my radar. Yeah. Maybe it'd be helpful to talk about your previous venture. Weren't you doing some writing before that? Um, so blog, I was thinking blog, like I was thinking of, 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 uh, of writing, you know, like, and my idea was to create um, more or less a compendium of artists uh, like think like Wikipedia for NFTs. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and so I, I had the idea like this NFT compendium where I would gather information on different artists and then I would put it into, you know, and then transfer it into some kind of format that was searchable for people like me and you who were buying art that we didn't know anything about off the internet, <laughs> you know, and yeah. before we buy it, there would be a place where you could go and kind of like research who is this artist? Where are they from? What are they creating? What kind of uh, other things have they created? Where can I buy their artworks? What's their floor prices on their stuff? Like what's the liquidity of their stuff? Where do they sell their stuff? Like what galleries are they in? Like those questions, if you could find all those answers in one kind of neat place, like one would database be very, would be very useful. And yeah. so um, and so I had this idea of like writing a blog and then um, about, you know, interviewing an artist, writing a blog, maybe writing some threads and then, you know, collating it into some kind of like database at some point. I'm not that techie, you know, like I don't have the, you know, I'm. You're not going to spin this up on your own. <laughs> no, I could turn on a computer and get on the internet. You know, I can ask people questions. I, I, I'm good at like, you know, networking with people and talking to people. I'm good at all those things. But like coding or writing a website or building, you know, those kind of things are just way over my head. And so <clears throat> my fiance has been uh, suggesting to me for quite some time, like, you should just do this thing as a podcast. Like you should 
<laughs> get the uh, get the artist and interview them. You, you know, you have the personality to talk to people. Just do that. Start there. And I was like, no, I don't think I want to be on a podcast. I just it just seemed too cumbersome to me. Like I, you know, I don't know, man. I just was very resistant to that idea. And finally, I just you know, like I had a kind of spiritual awakening the other <laughs> few weeks ago i'm like maybe i should just do a podcast yeah. <laughs> the know? writing's on the wall <laughs> the writing's on the wall reach out to some artists get them into a format like i mean this is so good but your setup i'm really like i'm paying attention to what you're doing right now and uh get them into this do the interview that you want to do and then transcribe that into the blog transcribe that into the compendium and then you know you can kind of go from there work work off the interview first so that's what i'm doing i'm uh, i'm actually you know it's funny that you and i are talking today my first interview is at four o'clock today um, uh, with, yeah i'm, I'm gonna and, and i i don't have any of this kind of setup that you have i'm, I'm gonna literally record it into a twitter spaces for my first one mm-hmm. you know i'm very i'm starting very simple I feel like things that build off of themselves organically usually work the best. So it's very simple. Twitter spaces. I'm meeting with an artist today. His name's Gavin Mueller. He's been collected by some huge, huge, some huge names of him in their collection. Gary V's got one of his pieces and, you know, Cosmo and all these, you know, like he's kind of got a little, little bit of uh, notoriety right now because some big names have collected his work. Um, he's a young guy he lives in atlanta you know so he's close Uh, he's close by us yeah Um, he was working at pizza hut and now he's like coming up like nft star you know wow that's such a cool i'm gonna interview him i'm gonna interview him today and um and uh and then and then between now and my next interview i'm gonna write some threads about him and i'm gonna start working on my compendium right up i love that have you decided on a uh there's a few things. One, you should, if you do start to get a few episodes in, uh, Alan from Pretty Easy Podcasts, my my producer is amazing. Um, so just think about that. He does all the editing and all that kind of I, stuff. I Big absolutely, stuff. that's that's exactly what I need. You know, like when people are giving me suggestions, but I, I really appreciate that. I will definitely be talking to Alan. <laughs> Two, uh, I don't know, this is weird how our journeys align so much. I, I just came, the only difference I guess is I came from the, you know, legal sales side sure. of things, but um, nonetheless, same personality. My wife and I were sitting in bed and I was like, yeah, I'm going to write. And she's like, no, you're not. You're going to start a podcast. <laughs> and I'm like, Are you kidding? <laughs> I'm like, wait, I am. She's like, Zach, all you like to do is talk to people. Why are you wait? Oh, why are you just writing? Uh, and she goes, honestly, you're not that great of a writer. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, you know me, you know me well. So I had a similar conversation. I don't know if yours was as frank as mine, but it was a, a pretty much that <laughs> one of the people, the people that know us best. Man, they know who we are. Um, yeah. I love that, and you know, I just uh, you know, I I love what you're doing. I think um, the idea is is something that is needed and it is in many ways a continuation of your early idea, right? It's just a different way of producing the content. So I'm excited to see where it takes you. I started, I I popped into my head a a little while back, um, you know, this, um, this old documentary that used to come on Bravo channel, it was called in the actor studio. And the the guy that did the interviews, James Lipton, 
Yeah. You know, and he would sit down with these actors, right? Just like I'm planning on sitting down with these artists. And he would just ask them very candid, frank questions. You know, like, where are you from? What did your parents do? What, you know, what's your background? What's your education? You know, things like that. Things that help people get to know this person, you know? And so like, we're here on the collector side of things. You and me are collectors of, of NFTs and NFT art. And when we're collecting something, let's just say, you know, we, I mentioned Ness, Ness Graphics, right? We both know who that is, right? And he's a very popular NFT artist. But you just see like this Ness Graphics, right? Who is this guy? What's his name? Where's he from? How did he, how did he go from, you know, whatever he was doing to creating this, you know, artwork that sells now for tens of thousands of dollars on the internet, you know, and I'm FOMOing about like getting a piece of his, you know, like, and he's one of those artists that you were referring to earlier that I feel like has held up in the bear market because he's that good. And it, yeah, and it's, and it stuff's very, you know, it holds its value very well. I actually hold two pieces by him and, uh, you know, I paid a lot of money for them and they're, worth a lot of money still today you know and i'm uh you know i'm I'm happy that i collected those things you know i would not have known about him if it wasn't for nifty gateway but i don't know anything about him personally i don't know where he went to school i don't know if he came from a fine art background i don't know you know like i don't really know anything about him other than you know i like his art i collect it and the floor price is held up pretty good through a bear market. <laughs> you know, outside of that, what else do I know? Not yeah, much. Yeah. Wouldn't it be nice to know more about him? Wouldn't it be nice to be able to like look and see like some more information if I if I wanted to connect further with this person and this artist? You know, and that's kind of my idea. <clears throat> um, you know, honestly, I'm just trying to create something that I would want to use myself. You know, I, I mean, I, the idea was born out of my own like kind of desire for it. Yeah. To go beyond the three paragraphs you get on Nifty Gateway. <laughs> yeah. And so you call yours vibing in the verse web three with me. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's that, I'm my, thinking my about wife came up with both of those. <laughs> I like that. It's good. It works, man. It's got, it's got a nice logo. It looks good. It's a good like vibing in the verse. That's what we're doing. Yeah. My idea is to call it the ledge. Mine's going to be called the ledge. And it's kind okay. of a nod to, uh, it's kind of a nod to, to the thing that we keep all of our most, uh, stuff on, uh, you know, in one sense and then on the other sense i feel like we're standing on the ledge of this like vast crevasse of like possibility you know <laughs> and we're like you know it's like are we gonna dive in and do this thing uh, you know what i mean if like, i, if I like, jump am i gonna land in a pool <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> am i gonna land on concrete right <laughs> And so that's kind of what I'm thinking, man. Like when I came up with the name, I don't know why. It just it just kind of caught my, I don't know. I just I thought it sounded good. I have and to say, it, it kind of rhymes with my pseudonym, Off Edge. The Off Edge. Edge. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe one day I'll create NFTs so I can come on your show. <laughs> I, well, you know, maybe um, you know, I I actually the thought occurred to me recently, Zach, that um. Maybe periodically I should interview a collector, you know, like try to have some collectors come on. We're going to do all these artists. Like why not at some point, like interview the collector and get the collect from the collector's perspective, because the collector's perspective matters in all of this interaction. You know, like these artists can create all the art they want, but if they don't have anybody buying it and they don't understand their collector mentality, it's all for nothing anyway, you know? 
So it's got to be think... kind of that synchronicity of collector, artist. You know, it's got, we, we've all got to kind of vibe together. Vibe yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got to vibe in the verse, man. That's it's, right, man. That is for sure. I, I yeah. definitely, I have one person that I would venture to say would be a top guest for your collector edition. It was my mentor in the space who is a I'm, fine art, been a fine art collector his whole life. Uh, ah, heck, Josh, you have been amazing for me. And he will come on and tell you like it is. He understands it from an artist's perspective, right? And he understands how to judge art. Um, I've built, and as a, I'm sure you have too, a uh, idea that, um, that, you know, art is something to me and I want to see this expressed this way and so on and so forth. But to be able to say like the color palette on this piece of art is off or stuff like that, that's, that's where I'm kind of like, you know, I'm, I haven't like studied fine art in that sense, you right. know? Right. Yeah. But I love that because it is true. I mean, especially in this space where it is so much speculation um, where are the true collectors? And, you know, the first podcast I went on was, um, was called FOMO verse radio. Um, mm -hmm. cause I got into the pack FOMO drop by accident. I literally just was like, Oh, maybe I should try reloading the page, uh, and got in that day. I was at my friend's house, like listening to spaces while I was hanging out with him. And he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, Oh, don't worry about it. I'm just trying to get this drop. He's like, drop of what? <laughs> 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 but they have no idea. Uh, had no idea. No. And then, you know, if I had sold it like right away, it was like a free, like three or four ETH in my pocket, even with the 50 50 split with pack. Um, but I was in it for the long haul wow. because I wanted to see where it went. And uh, there is some cool things brewing. I'm not going to spill the beans on anything, but uh, the main thing that has been consistent in the space has been Austin Hamilton and FOMOverse Radio. And he is getting the, the artists and stuff like that because of like himself, but also like what FOMO represents, right. which is just like, hey, I'm just gonna drop this token at a random time on a random day. If you get it, then you get your own channel in, in my Discord from one of the biggest artists in the world in PAC. Uh, and it's just such a unique social experience. Like he, it's not like PAC comes in there is like, you guys should do this. Like he spent a little bit of time in there early on or they spent a little bit of time in there early on, but like for the most part, it's just been us. Just That's been a, gr a group of people hanging wow. out and well, most people in there are well-intentioned and most of the well-intentioned people burned when, as soon as he made it a high tier burn right? Uh, and all that. And it's been really cool to watch, man. But so um, I listened to some of your podcasts and um, I, I do know that you're a big pop fan. You're, 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 uh, you're a huge. Yeah. yeah. More than me even, I think. Yeah, and, uh, I was, he was, he was the one I like, like, you know, you, you got to find, I think, in, with a high speculation space, my theory is that you want to find the artist that is a blue chip in terms of, you know, maybe top five, top 10 artists right. uh, in the world. And a lot of that's judged off money, but like money is also a good reflection of sure. you know, how interested people are in the art. But then the ethos, like just this idea that PAC creates creators, right? Like, like that is it's so crazy. I, I know that's last, the last thing you just did that metamorphosis to, uh, or, you know, have you been buying pieces from that? Are you? Are you? Yeah. So I, um, I had actually sold. I'm a. My, I would say the most uh, bullish I am on a PFP collection, and it's not because of price. It is honestly just because I love the community and the founders as dead fellows. 
Um, and also it doesn't hurt that I've gotten two for free from like crazy, like uh, lucky, like games. Nice. That play. That's um, awesome, man. Wow. But I was like, I'm never selling one. And then I was like, you know, the Ash 2 came out and it flopped and everybody was, you know, basically since then gone downhill on pack. And I was Do like, you think hey. it's going to stay flop? I think it's coming back. I got a feeling. Dude, are like, you kidding me? Those artists are grade A. I bought me, let, five pieces. I, I bought five pieces and burn them for the mad dog uh one one i bought i bought five pieces and burned them myself you're gonna you're gonna die when you know which one it was it's the paris hilton one man i just (laughs) love that freaking piece so much dude like good for you number one i love paris hilton Paris Hilton, if you're listening, I love you, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Beyonce, if you're listening, don't listen to this part. <laughs> no, man. I've always loved Paris Hilton. She's so cool, right? And she's like, she's an iconic figure in pop culture. Yep. She's um, she's one of the like kind of thought leaders in like the she's NFT like the OG space. Influencer. Like, she's an OG influencer. And uh and and she's not really an artist, but she had uh, she worked with an artist that Sylvia Puff to create that that piece. Mm-hmm. And when I saw it, I was like, "Oh my god, I have to have this! I have to have it!" And I have one of the I have one of I have one of the form ones and one of the form twos. And the form two on her piece, there's only like twelve of them. I mean, there's not that many. You know, it's just kind of low low numbers. You yeah. know, so I mean, I, mean, I don't know what's I don't know what it's going to be worth, but I feel like future value has got to be like, it's got to be worth a lot of money in the future. I just feel like it will be. And I mean, that brings up a really good point. And one that you kind of highlighted, but didn't, didn't say is like, you really like the work. Right. Yeah. And, and if you like, yes, it it 100%, this is, this is still, you still have to have somewhat of an investor mindset. Um, in fact, you know, we could go on a tangent about this in a second, but there, I will. <laughs> there, there is, uh, you know, one of my previous guests, Rylan Aldrich, brought up the kind of like three ring Venn diagram of collector, investor, trader mm-hmm. um, as kind of like the three different types of NFT collectors. But but back to the, the other point, we'll get to that is is when you truly connect with a piece of art and you like the artist for who they are. I I mean, even if it goes to zero, like what we both have expressed that we realize most of our stuff is going to zero. Um, you don't care. You honestly, and as soon as someone figures out a cost effective way for me to put all this stuff on my walls that I trust, I'm going to start doing it. I have kept people over for dinner parties and I've, uh, air, um, onto my Apple TV. Um, and people love it, dude. I put Gavin. Dude, there's, a, there's a good reason why I like you so much, Zach. I, you and I connect right from the beginning. There's a reason because I think exactly the same thing. <laughs> this shit's going on my house in, in my walls in my house. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody find me a good here. way to do it, please. <laughs> they don't have the technology, just does not exist yet, man. They got the what they have right now is just trash. It's, it's trash. trash, and it's like a thousand bucks for a frame that's like a five it's by seven. Stupid. Like, <laughs> it's stupid. Like, and you know what's funny is that's the first counter argument that I got for the first six to eight months I was in it by everybody. It's always, we can't put it on your wall. And I'm like, right. Yeah, but like, I get what you're saying. Uh, (laughs) I I do, but like, that's not really what it's about. Right. But like, 
they are not wrong. Like if I could have my art all around my house rotating and changing upon like my mood, right? Or season or something like that, right? I'm like, into it, man. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you collect any Gavin Shapiro at all? I don't, but I know his work. Uh, I'm familiar with it. I know he was one of the Ash artists, you know, so uh, yeah. he had the Penguins. He's the Penguin guy, right? And uh, Penguin and yeah. Flamingos. Yeah. Penguins so, and Flamingos. I love it. Yeah. So a little bit of my I don't, word. I'm not a holder, but he's on my, he's like, I have a list. I have a spreadsheet in Excel of like people I want to collect and his name's on my list. Nice. Yeah. 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 I mean, listen, he, he's in it for all the right reasons. He's, he, he is, he, I, I just, I love his ethos, but I have to say right I have on. an unfair advantage in terms of the fact that when I asked you earlier, when you onboarded, were you onboarding individually? I did not, I got lucky. I did not have to onboard individually. I had my friend, Josh, that I was introduced to through a friend in Atlanta and Josh is friends with Gavin way before NFTs. Uh, in on. fact, in fact, Gavin was the one that called him up. I was like, is this NFT stuff for real? I'm like mid 2020. Um, so like kind of early on, but like when I show his work to people, whether they're my four-year-old son or my 65-year-old mother-in-law's boyfriend, they're like, this is awesome. I would love to be at a house at a party where that music is playing on repeat and that image is showing. That'd be so dope. It'd be so cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm into it. I mean, I get that. I have some really cool like pieces that I would love to put in my house yeah for sure <clears throat> i hold a moonbird i have a moonbird i uh i'm an og moonbird i got it from the raffle i won it uh, oh congratulations yeah. Man. yeah 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 good for you <clears throat> i got my hoodie moonbird and um i went to the moonbird party in nft nyc this year when i met you and um <clears throat> one of the people one of the groups that they had there on site was the people from token frame you, you heard of Token Frame? Oh, absolutely. Like they had these two sales reps from Token Frame and they had some of their like frames there and they were yeah, yeah. doing a thing. And I held those guys hostage for like 30 minutes. Man. I was just <laughs> really. <laughs> well, yeah, because the technology, they it, it's just it's just not efficient enough. It's not it's not affordable enough. And like, you know, it's they just don't they don't have their they don't have it together enough yet for what we need to do what we want to do. And it should, it's 2022, man. Like we should be able to do this, right? We should be able to hang digital artwork on our wall. Like, why can't we do that? This, the no. comparison in terms of pricing should be to ledger, right? I paid 120 I, bucks for my ledger. It secures all of my valuable NFTs and my crypto. <laughs> Besides my house, every, the most expensive stuff in the world that I own is this thing right here <laughs> exactly right. but it cost me a hundred dollars you know more or less so like right like right. why am i paying a thousand dollars just to show it right like i don't agree with that necessarily so i i get where you're coming from i do want to ask you though uh regarding moonbirds uh what are your thoughts on the move to cc zero well, listen, I don't think the CC0 thing matters that much, to be honest with you. I don't really care. Like it's that a non-sector for you. It isn't. I, what I'm really disappointed in with Moonbird so far is the communication. I think they're screwing it up. Okay, My, here's what I think. I think that uh, that they're, you know, they're approaching this thing where it's like, you know, and I get it. We're in Web3. It's all decentralized, like, da-da-da-da-da. Like, and they're kind of approaching it from that mentality. 
and they they kind of they're kind of running their business that way you know where it's just like they have too many voices like you know they got that aka stevie who's the discord person and justin mazel who's like the artwork guy and kevin rose who's the ceo and then ryan carson's not even in there but he's over here you know da, 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 da. you know and it's just it's like too much mixed message i think kevin rose needs to step up take charge of the communication to moonbirds cut out all the bu- bullshit and all the noise and and like he's He's the voice that we want to hear, right? We don't want to hear from all these other people. Not that their opinions don't matter and not that they're not like very bright, intelligent, wonderful people with great intentions. But I think like the message is very muddled in the Moonbirds community and people are really disappointed by that. And there's a lot of confusion. I think they're going to be just fine. Uh, I know the floor price went down to like 14 this morning or something. I heard. I heard. I didn't, poor, I don't you even poor know thing. That. You poor thing. <laughs> well, it's pretty. It's pretty bad considering yeah. that my Moonbird was worth 60 ETH. <laughs> you know, at one point. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I forgot how quickly they just went pew. <laughs> right. Right. At one point, I could have sold my my Moonbird for 60 ETH. It would have been close to 100. It was like 90 something thousand dollars, 98 thousand oh, dollars or man. something. Yeah. <clears throat> And today it's worth, you know, much less than that. So floor prices do matter. You know, like you can say whatever you want. Like all this, like collecting art for art is, you know, is, you know, you hear it a lot on Twitter and people say it all the time. And a lot of artists like to kind of press that, uh, that message. Are you familiar with like drift? You ever, you know, who drift is, he's the guy who takes all the pictures from like the tops of, uh, Oh, is that the dude that's always taking a picture of his feet from atop of a skyscraper? Like, yeah. I mean, his, his one of his pieces is, you know, the cheapest thing he's got for sale is like 60, 70 ETH. Okay. You know? like, but he's like one of those big guys. It's like I always promote like art for art. <laughs> it's easy to say when you're selling your pieces for 70 ETH, dude, you know? <laughs> right? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it's a good point. I mean, think about like... Even- if it's worth zero, if I pay $2,000 for a digital artwork and it goes to zero... I would have been just as well off to right click save it. Like, what's the point of holding? You know, like honestly, right? So I mean, I mean you could even, does matter. <laughs> you could compare it to fine art too. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. I know that there are serious collectors that are out there trying to find artists before they're big, but they sure. are trying to find artists before they're big for cheap. What That's we are right. doing is we are finding a bunch of artists in a big space that are a lot of people are overcharging for their work. Um, sure. and, and yes, uh, the, the thing that leads to people collecting more of a fine artist is how much it sells for at an auction. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> it's like, it's like or, or how much of a tax write-off you can get, which is like 80 to 90% of fine art, right? If I can buy it for a hundred bucks. I'll just might as well buy the, the cool thing I saw on the sidewalk sale out here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I know you didn't buy the Moonbird for the art. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> and honestly, Honestly, with the exception of very, very, very few selective pieces that I'm collecting now, I'm not buying anything for the art anymore. You know, like there are some things that I feel for the, I like the art and I also feel this artist has future, you know, this has got something, this is, this has got legs, it can run, you know. This is a good segue, um, actually. I want to ask you one question. So it sounds like, uh, actually, I don't want to presuppose anything. I'm going to let you self-select. In that earlier tricircle Venn diagram, 
And I'm assuming it's a Venn diagram. Feel free to disagree with me if you don't see it as a Venn diagram, because I do feel like there are certain overlapping characteristics between all three. I'm, I'm with you. Yes, yeah. I do. Uh, Venn diagram all the way, for sure. Every All of us have some kind of interconnectedness, for sure. So when you, I want to know where you started, where you see yourself as when you started in the Venn diagram, when you first started collecting to where you are now and why. And my... At my core, Zach, I have always been a hodler. I'm a hodler. I am not a trader. I am not good at trading because I'm not a good seller. I don't like to sell my stuff. You know, like I'm I'm a I'm a hodler, like hardcore. So I mean, I really am like kind of a collector. I guess I'm 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 mostly a collector because I buy things that I want to that I want to hold long term. Um, I have done very poorly at flipping NFTs. The little bit that I have experimented with that has been pretty um it's been pretty bad <laughs> like you know i'm just not i just don't have that you know yeah. i've never been i'm not a great like stock trader i'm not a great like nft flipper why is that do you think i think my 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 weakness is that i don't like to sell i'm always like waiting on the thing to go up more you know <laughs> just squeeze a little more out of it you know What's going to happen tomorrow? If I sell it today, it'll probably go up tomorrow. I don't want to sell it. You know what I mean? That's just in my head. Like, I, yeah. So, yeah. so I think to be, right. to be a good trader, you got to have like some kind of, you got to be a little sociopathic about it. <laughs> you know, like no feelings, no, you know, like just, it's no emotion in it. It's all technical analysis and just like trading on. Boom. on yeah. 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 I don't have that. I got too much emotion about stuff. You so know? do you I feel like you've, Okay, so I guess we never really defined what I see or what Ryland saw kind of as the difference between a collector and investor. But, you know, an investor I look at is a slightly shorter time horizon, right? Like not a forever holder, whereas a collector, for the most part, is probably going to hold for the long term. Right. So I do I do overlap into the investor into the investor category. I am buying things that I am I am hoping will go up. And if they go up to the targets that I think they will, I'm going to sell them. I'm not collecting. So do you set that up ahead of time in writing? I, I do. I have a spreadsheet in Excel and I, I try to stick with it. I've done okay. <laughs> you know, there's always the bear, market, the bear market's happening right now. So everything's yeah. just not working. You know, nothing's yeah. going the way I want it to go right now. I don't think it's going like anybody wants it to go right now. Yeah. Um, but I have some, I have some targets. Nice. You know, nice. I bought some um, land in the metaverse. You know, on the other side, Coda, and you know, some stuff I put some pretty substantial ETH into, and you know, I'm waiting on target numbers for those. You know, when they, when they, when they, hit, when they hit, I'm going to sell, sell them. I'm not married to them. Yeah, you're not. You're not playing the other side game. It doesn't sound like. I will tell you the things that I'm planning on long term holding, collecting the things that I'm pl not planning on selling. Yeah. My curate, my curio card collection. I am not planning on selling. I'm yeah. planning on passing that down to my kids. You know, yeah. it's the first art project on Ethereum blockchain. Like it's the OG. You know, like, and it's grossly undervalued in my opinion right now. Uh, and I mean, there are some of them that are quite expensive, but I mean, you could buy, there's some curio cards you can buy right now for three or 400 bucks, you know, and I'm just, as I, you know, have extra money, I'm, uh, you know, make extra ETH from flipping this or flipping that. I'm sticking it into those historical NFTs. 
and I'm putting them in my vault and they're not coming out. And my kids will get them and hopefully their kids will get them, you know, because I feel like they could have an immense value in the future. And what about the, was there other artists that you plan on collecting versus investing in? <clears throat> well, I, I mentioned that Kath Simard, uh, who had a drop on Sunday on Nifty Gateways, which yeah. was really, it was really hyped up on Twitter. Um, she's, uh, she's a photographer, but she does, uh, but it's not just pure photography. It's kind of like layered photography. She, um, she's an incredible artist. She, um, she goes on these journeys into Patagonia. She hikes in Patagonia and takes these like landscape photographs, um, which are like really, really, really cool. If you want to see her work, you can look it up on Nifty Gateway. I'll pull it up. So during the show, like when we go back, I can actually pull up visuals and stuff and, uh, actually, I could probably do it during the show, but I'm- she had an auction. She had an auction on Sunday. One was a piece. One was a an, an edition of eleven, and the other was an edition of forty four. Mm-hmm. And I knew the edition of eleven was going to be out of touch. It, you know, just the price. I knew the prices were going to go out of my comfort zone. No. But I thought I had a chance at the edition of forty four. Um, I bid um, like my my top bid was like 1.8 or something. And I got out there and I didn't win, you know, so wow. it went over that on an, on an edition of 44. And I think the floor price right now for her, the cheapest thing is like six or 7,000. So, you know, I mean, like a, I like her B I like her art and C she's got, you know, she's got the potential to like for her stuff to just go like crazy. Yeah. Just like that guy Drift, who does the the shots of where my man's go, you know, like yeah. I mean, the cheapest thing you can buy from him is, you know, sixty ETH. Yeah. It's crazy, <laughs> you know. It's crazy, it's you know? Um, so I, I like stuff like that. I'm really into it. Um, you know, we've mentioned Ness a few times. There's another artist who I really am into, and um, he. I didn't go down. I didn't go into the story with you. I think you and I talked about it on the phone the other day was snuffy i don't know um, if you had a chance to look at any of snuffy's work early on when i was buying things on nifty gateway i saw a drop from this artist named snuffy and snuffy is a tattoo artist who has a very particular style it's all black and white it's very um it's very arty um and he's done tattoos on some very famous people and you can google her and you know but i mean like you know pete davidson machine gun kelly you know people like that have gotten tattoos from stuff he's new york based um he had a drop on nifty gateway called the addiction series which i connected with i told you i'm in recovery i have uh you know i'm a recovering alcoholic addict you know from 2007 and so i uh I had a connection to that. Like I, you know, like I, that drop and that artwork plus the tattoos, which, you know, obviously I like tattoos. I, uh, well, I thought those know. were just sleeves you put on before, <laughs> for the show. They look tough. I, uh, I was <laughs> like, you know, I, w- I was like all in on this deal. And so there was an auction for a one-on-one piece from Snuffy. And, um, and if you won this piece, you were entitled to use that, token as a tattoo you were able to go to snuffy and get a tattoo from snuffy oh, which i just thought was so cool man like yeah. you know like this is like real life use case for an nft right and i mean like the connections in my head it was just like it was mind-blowing 
it went out of my comfort zone price-wise, man. I bid it up to 4000 and the guy that won, I think, was like closer to 5000 At 4000 oh. I just tapped out. I was like, okay, I, you know, like hey. I was I was just – it was more money than I wanted to spend in that moment. And uh, I did not win the auction, but I tracked down Snuffy on the internet. I found him on Instagram. I tracked him down. I messaged him, and I – somehow convinced him to let me get an appointment. He's very hard to get an appointment with. Sounds like I got an appointment. I got an appointment with them. And it was closer to $5,000 to get an appointment with him. He's not cheap. So I would have been, I should have just bought the damn it. I should have. I know you at least should have the NFT. I know. know. (laughs) (laughs) It's whatever. (laughs) This is where you live and learn. Right. And so I, I, uh, I didn't win, but I, I did get an appointment with Snuffy, and I did go get a tattoo from Snuffy. Snuffy's got this whole thing. You cannot go to Snuffy with a picture and be like, I want a tattoo of this on me. He's not. He doesn't do that. That's not what he does. He's you not. write a story, your story. You send it to Snuffy. Snuffy creates a tattoo for you, and then you go get that tattoo. That's how that wow. works. I kind of He's pretty cool. My, my wife would kill me. <laughs> But I, I kind of want to do that. <laughs> Dude, it's so it's such a cool like thought. You know, it's art. It's not just right. So I go to New York. I get this tattoo from Snuffy. It's not anything what I was thinking. I wanted some tattoos on my ribs. I ended up with a tattoo on my leg. It was just it was a whole thing. I'm very happy with what I got. And the greatest gift of the whole thing was that I became really good friends with Snuffy. And so, you know, I'm watching his stuff go. And, uh, you know, he's had uh, he's had several uh, projects that he's that he's released in the last year. And I've just been in that discord and been, you know, on a front row seat watching all of this unfold. Um, You know, and if anybody's interested in more information about Snuffy or Snuffy stuff, you can always message me. I'm happy to talk about it. Um, But it's really cool, you know, like uh, to be in that community and watch that all happen. And to, you know, have been onboarded in real life with the person, you know. So I've gotten, like, I've gone up to New York a couple times. I've gone to one of his, like, uh, you know, he's also a traditional artist. He builds these, like, light box things with, you know, and he's got some, like, a gallery show up in New York that I went to a grand opening of. You know, I was able to connect with him in NFT NYC. And, you know, it's just really cool, man, to to watch somebody's... uh, career and their art take off through nfts and through this space and you know just to be like i said in a front row seat and watch it all happen it's, it's awesome and i'm i'm uh i feel so lucky you know that i was exposed to this when i was and if it wasn't for nfts you wouldn't have been exposed to at least this particular artist right yeah it wouldn't have been exposed if it wouldn't i mean i'm so lucky that i was exposed to this world of web3 nfts all of it i mean you know i could have missed it <laughs> i could have missed it you know a lot, of people, a lot yeah. of people have missed it and and a, a lot, lot of people, people have dropped it because they don't they don't see the value they they were they don't go beyond the prices and and you are very real you understand that prices are a part of it but that this relationship that you built with this artist like you're in it because like it's a status signal you're in it because you can relate you're in it because you love the work and you're in it because like you love the community that snuffy is building right it's it's amazing i want to see snuffy succeed you know i want to see 
you know, I'll, I want to see all these guys and gals succeed. You know, I want to see you succeed. You know, I want to. Yeah. Same here. That's, that's yeah. this you whole know, thing. I mean, yeah. And, and dude, that's what's so nice about this. You know, like find a community like that. There's not. I'm that, 50 me, years old, Zach. Yeah, you know, that, like yeah. I, I've not found this in my lifetime. You know, when, like, would we, when would we have connected any other time if it wasn't? For no, NFB I don't think. We, I don't know yeah. what we would have. You oh, know, like just wouldn't. You know that, what, what would have brought not that connection with people with like I'm a I'm a lawyer and salesperson in tech. Like we just right. like just by virtue of having stance has nothing to do with the type of people we are. Obviously we're very similar types of people, but, sure. but like <laughs> just by virtue of you being in a city that not my city uh, and, and you doing a totally different line of work, right? Like there's just nothing there, but we do have in common the, what I call the purest view of WAGME, which is not about we're all going to make it money wise, which obviously it is important to make it money wise, but sure. we're all going to make it in the sense that we have this shared vision of like this better future that Web3 can bring to people. Um, and whether it's through the art or through the technology, like that's what's going to happen. I do want to transition as we're hitting the top of the hour to my final yeah. closing questions. Um, yes, sir. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you both of them, uh, and then I'm going to let you, though, you know, kind of sound off for a second. Okay. Um, so, so one of the closing questions is, when, uh, how do you explain Web three to people? Um, and then the other one is, what are your long term and short term visions for the space and when i say long term and short term i mean long term five to ten years short term six to twelve months great questions both of those thank you for having me on zach really yeah um, it's been really great appreciate it. I, I wish i could just stay on for a few hours <laughs> no this conversation has been amazing i i really i was worried about what i would say for an hour and uh this hour went by so fast so i'm uh you know i'm really happy that you we had this conversation. It's been very interesting. Getting to know you better is awesome. Uh, <clears throat> so the first question, repeat the first question for me. <laughs> so I typically uh, up until the show have asked, how do you define web three, but I want to be a little less. So how it. do I define web three? I, you know, it, it took a learning, it took like some onboarding for me. Once I got into nifty gateways and started collecting NFTs, like I had to like teach myself, like, what is this thing? Then I thought, how do I explain this to my friends and my family? Right. And so my uh, fiance and I actually, we just started writing some blogs. Like that's what we did. We would write little like WordPress blogs and post them on Instagram. And uh, I started bombarding all my friends and all my family with these blogs for about six months until people just got so sick of hearing about it that like people would actually like tell me like, please stop sending this to me. <laughs> you know, like, please stop. <laughs> so I, uh, you know, I made my own like little Instagram page. That's just my web three, like Chris Harper, not ETH. Um, you know, and I post stuff there and I post my buys and sells and, you know, blogs and things from there, from that. So my friends and family that want to, follow it and want to learn more about it can but i'm not bombarding it in their face if they don't want to hear about it they don't have to um <clears throat> short term i think that you know we are certainly in a bear market i think that this bear market is going to be persistent i don't think it's going away soon i think we're going to be in it until uh late 2023 that's my guess i think that we're headed for a recession i believe we're in a recession um, you know, as a country already, 
Um, I'm feeling it in my own industry. I think Web3 is going to feel it. I think we're all going to feel it. You know, I don't know if it's going to be as bad as what we've experienced in the past. I don't think we're in for, hopefully, I don't, my, my guess is, is it's not going to be as bad as like 2007, eight stuff. I don't think we're in for the big crash, but I do feel like things are going to tighten up and, you know, I don't know where it's all going to go, but this is a great time to build. So like people like you, people like me, people, artists that are here, all the, the projects that are here that are heads down building right now, I feel like when this thing kind of comes out of the bear market into the bull run that I believe is going to happen at 2020, late 23, 24, with, especially with the Bitcoin having in 24, I think we're going to go, we're going to see a massive bull run, like, like a melting faces bull run. I believe that. <laughs> and, you wouldn't, you uh, wouldn't and, be the first person to say melting faces is the long term. <laughs> I do believe that the bull run that's going to come from the having of Bitcoin in 2024 is going to, it's going to, it's going to be unreal. Like, you know, it, but Bitcoin already touched six seventy thousand dollars, sixty nine, six sixty eight, sixty nine thousand $69,000. Like what's next? You know, yeah. I think we're in well, well into the six figures. <clears throat> and some very smart people think that we're into the the million dollar range in, in the 2020s, you know, for Bitcoin. So if that happens, it will drag up the price of ETH and everything else with it. And, uh, you know, the stuff that we have and the stuff that we're holding on to could become immensely valuable in the future. Um, and that when when that happens, people will be paying attention. <laughs> You know, when people are creating generational type wealth from crypto, from NFTs, from digital art and digital collectibles, the world will wake up and be paying attention. It's it's coming. Uh, I don't you know, I, I don't have a crystal ball. My best guess is like 2024 is when I think we're in for the next big run up. Um, I'm here in the meantime, and I am planning on just carving out my little niche here, man. You know, Billing. I want <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, man, we're just here doing it. I want to, the guys like us that are here early and stay, I think we're going to have a, a really good foothold into the future. And, uh, you know, in, in the future, when the masses are adopting NFTs and it becomes mainstream, all of those people are going to be looking to people like you and to people like me and to people that have been here for, um, for information on, you know, what is all of this and how does this work for me and how do I fit in here? And, you know, we're going to be the OGs at that point, you know, and that's kind of, you know, what I'm hoping for. I love that. I love that I can, you know, kind of empathize with your vision of kind of saying, oh, you haven't checked out the latest ledge release, right? Like, what did the ledge release last week on this new emerging artist, right? Like, right. I think right. That, that that is a very legitimate possibility. I don't think that it's going anywhere. I think a lot of it was plays on human nature. And guess what? We're still human for now. Uh, we're not, we're only partly cyborg because of our phones. So <laughs> we'll see where it's going. That's true. That's uh, true. Uh, yeah. man. Well, I appreciate you coming on and I really Thank enjoyed you. it. Uh, I have a feeling we're going to be friends for a long time. For sure, uh, Zach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I look forward to kind of blossoming this relationship a bit more. But thanks I love a lot, it, man. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining Web3 with me. Make sure to follow us on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Also, if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review as it'll help us reach more people. 
If you want to connect with me personally, you can find me on Twitter at offedge underscore. Thanks for vibing in the verse with me and hope you'll join us next time.